This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Like lemon yellow custard dripping from a dead dog's eye, this is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Welcome back once again. It's another week. It's another show around here. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Sinzak. How's it going, my friend? Doing good. You don't have to share details of what we're having for lunch today. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some fun today for sure. Yeah, Aaron came up with this idea, and um, I guess we're, there's we're a lot not, of... Uh, we're not above buying into the hype as long as the hype is justified. Right, because it's over the past couple of weeks, it's been just all about the Beatles. Yeah, it sure of the has. the 50th anniversary of them coming on Sullivan and making it big and... You know, we were like, you know, and Aaron came up with an idea, like, why don't we do something about the Beatles? And then I was like, well, what are we going to do? We're a hard rock and metal podcast. Right. Yeah. I think most people that saw our little teaser artwork throughout the week probably thought, what the hell are these guys up to? What does the Beatles have to do with the Decibel Geek podcast? Or Manowar. Or Kiss or any of that. Yeah, yeah Manowar. <laughs> <laughs> we confused you, I know. But I think the fact is the fact that, you know, the music that we consider here to be, you know, respectable music, as we say, all basically, you know, finds its roots all the way back pretty much to the Beatles. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the bands we all love and listen to regularly wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for what these four guys from Liverpool started 50-plus right. years ago. Exactly. So if they weren't directly influenced by the Beatles, they were most likely influenced by somebody who was. Absolutely. So today, we're going to take a look at the heavier side of the Beatles. Yeah, so we, you know, we dug into the catalog of the Beatles and decided, you know, we'd find the stuff that we think would... If they were around today, this would be considered one of their harder things, you know. Right. So, um, and you know, and initially, I was a little, I was kind of a little shy about trying to do this because I was like, is there really a lot of stuff that you'd classify as heavy by the Beatles? And that's what I said by Beatles standards. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And then when you get into it, you can you can see and and you, as you'll see in some of our picks today, such a group of pioneering musicians, you yeah. know, especially when they got experimental. And I think. There's going to be a heavy amount of this experimental stuff in this show. Right, because that was the good stuff. In my opinion, too. I love the early stuff, too, but I Want to Hold Your Hand doesn't really translate to Black Sabbath in any way. <laughs> no. So, <I'm, laughs> even though they were influenced by them, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah, uh, the, uh, once the LSD kicked in, then the, the wheels started turning. That's when they started rocking. Yeah. So before we get to all that, we've got to take care of some business. First off, Geek of the Week. Yeah, the Geek of the Week this week is a guy named Joseph, and I think, uh, let me pronounce this correctly, I think it's Belly or Chambelly. Okay. But yeah, we'll I don't take know. It. I don't know anything about people with weird last names. Oh no, not you. Yeah, but Joseph is from Detroit, Michigan, Detroit Rock City. Heck yeah. And uh, had a nice message on the uh, Decibel Geek fan page at facebook.com/decibelgeek. He uh, said, "Thanks for another great episode. Number twenty-two was most excellent. That was the Queens of Noise episode we yep. did a couple weeks 122. back. One twenty-two. Yep." And uh, he says, Sister Sin is an amazing band. Found them last year, and they rock hard. Yeah, they do. And, you know, while we're talking about it the last couple of weeks, we've gotten some great response to the episodes we've done. Yeah. You know, the Queens of Noise, you know, talking about Sister Sin, the official Sister Sin shared our link with all their fans, you know, and got a lot of great response there. Mm-hmm. The uh, ladies that are remaining from Betty Blowtorch, they got involved and shared the link, and we're really appreciative of what we were doing, putting the spotlight back on these female rockers that deserve it. And we also caught a little shit about that one, too. Actually, about a couple of things yeah um, well one, th- one uh, well, and let me say to the at least seven of you that emailed me yes i know doro is german and not swedish and i am sorry oh i didn't even yeah. catch that uh, you said that yeah i did nice i said two swedish hot oh, swedish yeah, chicks did. yeah and then <laughs> email after email doro's german you know yeah so, thank you corrections department and of course you know we'd be remiss if we didn't you know let you know we yeah we forgot wendy o williams how could we we dropped the ball but the problem with this is you know and it's it's a good thing that we can always come back and do a second part of queens and noise and a third and a fourth and a fifth there was plenty of contenders that didn't make the list yeah so uh yeah wendy o williams and that the person suggested we should do an all wendy o williams episode we could do it maybe we could hell we're pulling off all beatles episode today we could easily do wendy o williams would we do the lighter side of wendy o williams (laughs) is there a lighter side of wendy o williams i kind of doubt it (laughs) probably not (laughs) She's too busy pounding things with a sledgehammer. Nice. And then, of course, last week we did uh, album anticipation, the ones we're we're hoping that come out this year. And and Sebastian Bach retweeted the show for all his fans, which was cool. That was awesome. Yeah. And uh, ACDC, after hearing the Decibel Geek podcast, finally (laughs) 
excited to announce, indeed, they are coming out with a new album this year. Yes, folks, it's all thank to, thanks to us. The cat is out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited for that. Nice. For sure. so, so, should we get to the heavier side of the Beatles? Yeah, let's do that. All right, I'm going to start one off. It, this one was recorded in 1968 for the Yellow Submarine soundtrack. It features John Lennon on lead vocals. Once you hear it, there's no doubt about that. This song was written in the studio with some lyrics provided by Lennon, and basically the song was completed in 10 hours. You know, they just rocked it out. This is an awesome rocking song. you got to love it when the band gets together and just kicks it out in one day. Here's a great example of it. I know you're going to like it. The heavier side of the Beatles kicking things off right here with Hey Bulldog. When you smile Childlike No one understands Jackknife In your sweaty hands Some kind of innocence Is measured out in years You don't know what it's like To listen to your fears You can talk to me You can talk to me You can talk to me huge influence on it and that song um th when we started we made the decision we were going to do this one i had just started writing down a few ideas yeah and that was the first one and then then like literally five seconds after i'd written it down aaron goes i've got hey bulldog yeah i, like, I love okay. this song that was a, a go-to you know the other night when they did the grammys thing dave grohl was up on stage with jeff lynn and, and some other guys and they did a rocking version of that live and i've heard alice cooper do a version of that it's yeah very cool Speaking of Alice Cooper, I just saw a trailer for his upcoming movie. Nice. Documentary about his whole career. Oh, right on. Yeah, that'll be cool. Sweet. Um, okay, for, so for my first pick, this is a song that uh, this has a, a bit of a personal meaning to me. Uh, my dad and my mom both were huge Beatles fans. Of course, I, everybody was. Yeah, my parents were too. And my mom loved the early stuff. My dad loved the later stuff. Yeah, same. And I, if I remember correctly, this probably was his favorite Beatles track. And, yeah. And I got into it at a very early age. And uh, this is from the Magical Mystery Tour album, which was released on uh, December 8th, 1967. Number one in the U.S. for eight weeks, although the movie was panned pretty heavily by the critics. Not, yeah. not a very good movie. Uh, the song was written by Lennon. Uh, the B this is the B-side to Hello Goodbye. 
Uh, Lennon received a letter from a student at the high school that he had attended, and the writer mentioned that uh, the English master was making his class analyze the Beatles' lyrics. And John uh, was amused that a teacher was putting all this effort into trying to figure out what the Beatles are writing about. Right. They and, all, um, it was a huge thing back then. Everybody read into these lyrics. So for this song, he decided to write the most confusing lyrics he possibly could. Nice. And um, the official biographer, a guy named Hunter Davies, was present when the song was being written. And he wrote in, a, in his biography about the Beatles that Lennon looked, looked at uh, somebody in the room and said, let the fuckers work that one out. Nice. So uh, he claimed to write the first two lines on two separate acid trips. <laughs> so, <laughs> kicking off. Must have been pretty good if you only got two lines out of it. <laughs> I guess so. So, kicking off my heaviest of the Beatles, this is from the Magical Mystery Tour album. This is I Am the Walrus. Lots of hard rock and heavy metal bands have done covers of that one over the years. That's a classic right there. I love the drum sound in that song. Yeah. It's just driving. Heck yeah. Ringo doesn't get enough credit for his uh, his work in that band. No, they he really is kind of the, the black sheep of the Beatles family. Yeah. You know, he catches a lot of shit. Although but. he did pretty well for himself, I'd say. 
Yeah. He's not hurting for money. No, no. We just we'll just ignore 1978. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to that. Yeah. All right, moving right along. This one was released as a B-side on the single of the song Help. Everybody knows that one came out in 1965. This is a little Richard inspired song. And it's really a testament to Paul McCartney being a musical Iron Man. Because on this one, he had just finished the vocals to the song I Seen a Face in the Morning, recorded this one, the vocals for this in the afternoon, and went right out of that to go in to do the vocals for the classic ballad yesterday, back to back to back. Wow. Axl Rose should take a cue from him. Yeah, no kidding. And this is absolutely one of my all-time favorite Beatles songs. It's got to be one of the more rocking Beatles songs I think they've ever written. But you got to check it out for yourselves. This is awesome. You're going to love it. Right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, the heavier side of the Beatles, and this is I'm Down. You tell lies, thinking I can see. You can't cry because you're laughing at me. side of help that's a good track and it reminds me uh there's a funny video clip of when they were playing at shea stadium in 66 yeah and they're playing that song and lennon's just doing all these goofy expressions and stupid things oh, on, the keyboard, crazy on the and, keyboard and just they're all just cracking up at the stuff he's doing on stage like they're playing in front of a, a filled baseball stadium and they're just completely goofing off and right up. yeah yeah i see but, that george is laughing so hard yeah. he can barely play the guitar yeah Aerosmith does a really cool version of that song on the album Permanent Vacation. Yeah. One of the heavier songs on that album, too. Absolutely. So, okay, so I got one more, and then we'll go into the break. All right. Okay, the next one, this is a... This one is kind of an acquired taste. Like, as if you're if you like the regularly structured early Beatles stuff, you may not dig this song. I would definitely consider this to be psychedelic rock. This is kind of the birth of psychedelic rock. Yeah. You know, um, this was released uh, from the Revolver album, released August fifth, nineteen sixty six. Number one in America for six weeks. This includes things like reverse guitars, tape loop effects, and it uh, features a repetitive drum beat that's syncopated over a single chord. There's one chord in this whole song. Wow. And um, it was derived from Indian music, and George Harrison's playing an instrument called a tambura on this. And um, the vocals are kind of processed because John Lennon wanted to sound like the Dalai Lama singing from the top of a mountain. Wow. So, <laughs> and, uh, as far Psychedelic, as, man. Yeah, as far as pioneers of recording goes, there's two important things on this. This was the basically the birth of automatic double tracking known as ADT. And as, uh, you know, where you didn't have to, if you wanted to do double tracking vocals, you don't have to record two vocals. You record two at the exact same time. Yeah. And um, that was, which went on to be used hugely in 
especially I mean, in the rock. As field. far as like recording techniques, the Beatles really were at the forefront oh, of yeah. a lot of stuff because they were yeah. able to afford these new things right. as they were coming out because they were well, they're the freaking Beatles. Yeah, man. and George Martin deserves a ton of credit for that. I mean, yeah. that guy was a genius, and uh, this was also one of the earliest known uses of the flanger effect. Nice. So from Revolver, this is a cool song. This is Tomorrow Never Knows. Who would it be like? Justin Bieber. Just because. He needs it. He's not actually a musician either. Listen to the Decibel Geek podcast on your iPhone, Android phone, Blackberry, and WebOS phones with Stitcher. Stitcher's smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at Stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Hi. I'm Keith Richards, Hotel Room Television. And you're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Today we are exploring the heavier side of the Beatles. You know, and like we said, by by Beatles standards, you know, they can get pretty heavy. By Slayer standards, no. No, not exactly. Now, before we move on, we were t- we just played the song Tomorrow Never Knows before yeah. we went into break, and you had a little story to tell about that, and I'd like to like, let you tell this one. Okay. You guys got to hear this shit. Well, the, the song Tomorrow Never Knows jogs my memory because I remember watching Living Color play it at a local club called The Exit Inn. This was about, I think it was around 2003. They just put an album out called Kaleidoscope, and they, right do, they do a cover of that song. You know, Living Color known for the song Cult of yeah. Personality and yeah. all that. Yeah. And, uh, so a couple of weeks before the show... I reached out to Corey Glover's management wanting to get an interview with him for the website. I was doing a local rock website. Right. And th- around this time, I was starting to reach out to national artists that were coming in because I was like, that'll bring more hits. And um, it, surprisingly, his management gave me the time of day and gave me his phone number. So I bought this little 
like dictaphone thing that you can record phone calls in. Right. Did it have like the little cassette player in it or was this? No, it was a digital thing. Yeah. But um, it was recorded into a WAV file and then you can upload it onto your computer. And this was right on. 2003. So this is That's a, ways back. a long time ago. And um, so I recorded the phone call and I was initially just going to transcribe it onto text. But it had such a good flow and... Let's just say Corey was having a rough time at the time, but it was a very open and honest interview, and he yeah. he had a, a few things to say that would ruffle some feathers, and I was kind of like, well, I can't convey his personality, his cult of personality, um, mm. in writing, so I'm right. just, just going to... You lose a lot yeah, of Yeah, so I got together with a friend of mine who knew how to upload these kind of files and have them where you could download it and stream it. On the internet? On the internet. Wow. So he worked it out to where he could put it in this little player thingy, and... Um, we put it up on the website, and um, I went and saw the sh- the show like a week or so later, and had at least three people come up to me and tell me how much they enjoyed listening to me talk to Corey Glover on the telephone because it See? was different. And now, people, you have learned the origin of the podcast. Yeah, it's me. The inventor, Chris Sinzak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first podcast ever. Yeah, you see, nice. you see this giant stack of money next to me. That that's I just, all from inventing yeah. podcasts. <laughs> I just, I just can't imagine a podcast that would do that and have guests that would ruffle people's feathers. Yeah, you know? I know we wouldn't know anything. How, about how that. would that ever evolve into anything like this? I mean, oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess before we ruffle any more feathers, we better just go ahead and move on with our heavier side of the Beatles. Right. I got the next pick here, and there's no way we could have done this show without this song. Motley Crue will tell you. Yeah. This one was recorded in 1968 for the Beatles' White Album. And it's basically, it was Paul McCartney's shot at showing the Who and everyone else at the time that the Beatles could do heavy, raunchy, and loud along with the best of them. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Helter Skelter. Yep. It, it's a name that comes from a popular carnival like Fairground Ride in, right. in the United Kingdom. Yeah. You know, that's fun, yeah. right? That's yeah. fun. Not so fun when a California nutcase named Charles <laughs> Manson would decide to choose that song as his personal anthem tying that together with uh revelations book of the bible and kind of warping it to suit his own murderous needs yeah he basically put a huge stain on the meaning of the song what a song it wasn't meant as a negative song in the first it was about riding like a roller coaster or something yeah Yeah. but it's definitely heavy raunchy and loud by Beatles standards maybe by a lot of other band standards too you make the call right here right now it's helter skelter
Yeah, the heavier side of the Beatles. Don't get too much heavier than that. Helter Skelter right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. Man, I love that song. Yeah. A lot of punk bands, a lot of metal bands, and of course, Motley Crue, known for doing that one. Yeah. I actually like... heard the Motley Crue version way before I ever heard the Beatles Oh, did one. you? Yeah. It's one of my favorite covers that Motley yeah. Crue ever did. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's a good, al- good song. Um, that song suits them. Yeah, yeah. I want to play something off the White Album next. Uh, the White Album was released November 22nd, 1968. During the time they recorded this, Ringo quits the band for a little while, and, yeah. and Paul McCartney actually drums on a couple of tracks. Yeah, I got one picked like that, too. Oh, do you? Uh-huh. Uh, this sold over 20 million copies. Uh, this song was written by John Lennon, and it's the longest title of any Beatles song. Yeah, I so, bet it um, is. And they're talking about a song called Everybody's Got Something to Hide Except Me and My Monkey. And you would think, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and there's a couple of different stories about what this could mean, okay. and, and they don't they differ. Um, Lennon said, Lennon's quote was, that was just sort of a nice line that I made into a song. It was about me and Yoko. Everybody seemed to be paranoid except for us two who were in the, love of, in the glow of love. And so Yoko is, is his monkey. Is the monkey. It's a very negative thing to say about your girlfriend. Yeah. But, um, My wife would be pissed. Yeah, he basically, <laughs> he, he, he said it was about the other members of the band having a problem with Yoko being around all the time. Because she was climbing on things and knocking things over in the studio. And eating and bananas. Leaving banana peels yeah. all over the place. Right. Makes sense. Typical groupie behavior. <laughs> but, um, but George Harrison says that the first part of the song's title originated from a quote by uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Nice. Uh, See, you didn't know, wow, of all the names not to have a problem with. Well, it's because I've watched the Beatles anthology a number of times, (laughs) and there's a whole lot of stuff about him. Yeah. And he says, however, as for the except me and my monkey part, he attested that he did not know where that came from, though McCartney believes it was a reference to Lennon's heroin habit. And he says, Hmm. John started talking about fixes and monkeys. It was a harder terminology, which the rest of us weren't into. Looking back, Lennon said, we sniffed a little when we were in real pain. We took H because of what the Beatles and their pals were doing to us. Wow. So, yeah, these guys definitely kind of invented the rock star lifestyle, I guess you could say. Yeah, they well, did. Actually, well, you know, John you gotta, Coltrane invented the rock star sure, lifestyle. Sure, you can't discount Elvis as far yeah. as partying goes, Johnny Cash, or none right. of the guys that came before him. you got to go to the jazz, old jazz clubs in the 40s to get the heroin. But, uh, yeah, so off the White Album, this is Everybody's Got Something to Hide Except Me and My Monkey. Come on, come on. Out for that banana <laughs> Damn it, Yoko. <laughs> Clean that up. Yeah. Don't throw that at me. <laughs> we will not be playing any Yoko material. Yoko today. in the studio throwing feces. Mm. It's terrible. 
Um, let's see. Moving right along here. I got one. Oh, here we go. Another track off the White Album. The White Album's got some good stuff on it. Some strange stuff, too. You know, it's got like Rocky Raccoon and yeah. things like that. But it's got some really great songs. Not all of it heavy. Some no. of it pretty rocking. Here's another one. Like we said, recorded in 1968. This was the opening track on the White Album. Check this out. Like you were alluding to a little bit earlier, this one features, of course, George Harrison on lead guitar. But it also has John Lennon on the six-string bass and Paul McCartney on drums. Cool. So, you know, this was at that time when the studio tension between the members would cause Ringo to walk, leaving the other three to finish this and a few other songs. Um, it's intended as a tongue-in-cheek tribute to Chuck Berry's Back in the USA. And the song was written when the band was in India hanging out with Mike Love and the Mariachi. Really? Yeah. The Maharishi. The Maharishi. See, not the Mariachi. That, so I make fun of That's you for not being band. able to pronounce nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But this is a great song. You're going to like it right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're going back to the USSR. Back in the USSR with the Beatles right there. You ever heard Mer- Motorhead's version of that? Uh, actually, That's I haven't. awesome. You know, I was thinking we ought to do like a covers episode. For the Beatles? Beatles, Beatles covers, because there's a lot there's of cool metal bands that have done awesome Beatles covers. Yeah, there's a one. There's an album called Butchering the Beatles. That's I've got, got that. Got it's a lot of fantastic. great, great tracks on it. We could just play that album. Yeah. I think that was produced by Bob Kulik. Yeah, I th- well, I think Bob would probably take us to court if we just played the whole album. Yeah, you're so probably right. We better just like stick, stick with the little songs here and there. Yeah. Okay. All right, you got the next one. All right, um, the next one, actually, speaking of covers, this was covered by Hailstorm on uh, their most recent EP. Yeah. And they do a great job of really it, Really great job. This is a track from Abbey Road. This was the 11th studio album. It's the last recorded album, because Let It Be was recorded before it, even though right. it was released after it. Yeah, so, technically, this would Abbey Road would be the final the Beatles album. And uh, this was their best-selling album of all time. Uh, recorded from April to July of 69. It was recorded at EMI, Olympic, and Trident Studios in London. So they were moving around a lot and trying different things at the time. Yeah. Um, let me see if I hate you less at this studio than I do at this studio. <laughs> so um, this uh, album has the prominent use of the Moog uh, synthesizer and a thing called the Leslie speaker, which is like a Hammond yeah. organ speaker. Um, John Lennon doesn't appear on several of the tracks because a lot of the discontent in the band at the time. He's out trying to get the monkey under control. Oh, God. Get it back in its cage. 
We're going to have a bunch of screaming. Is that Yoko, Yoko ono or a, off at it us. may be a euphemism for heroin. You make the call. Maybe. Um, this had mixed initial reviews, and reviewers were really critical of all the effects used on the album at first, and then it went on to be considered possibly their greatest album. Because you got to figure at that time, the Beatles have access to all this stuff. They're rich. They're on the cutting edge of music and recording. They've got access to it. It would be hard not to experiment with these things when they're becoming available for the first time. Yeah. You know? And um, this song is a combination of two different recording attempts. One was recorded during Let It Be with Billy Preston playing keys, and then another during the Abbey Road sessions. And, so it, and it makes it their second longest song behind Revolution Number 9. It's like two songs in one. The final mixing and editing for this track occurred on the last day that all four Beatles were together in the studio. Wow. On August 20th, 1969. So that's yeah. some symbolic stuff there. This is the Beatles with I Want You, She's So Heavy. I want you.
Great show, great show. Mr. Camaro, Mr. Sinzak. Excuse me, guys. This is Ken Mills from the podcast, the Cheap Talk Show about Cheap Trick, Beatles Special, and the Kiss Room. Now listen to me. Pick ten great songs, but we know in the in the history of all things great, heavy metal and hard rock, everything good goes to eleven. So I'm asking that you consider this one request. I'm asking you to include your blues by the Beatles off the White Album. It can't get any whiter, you know, that sort of thing. The song was written as a bit of a satire, but John was feeling suicidal when he was in India. And he, when he arranged the song, he kind of was doing a satire on the British blues bands that were trying to sound all poor and depressed, like, like the black blues artist that they were ripping off or stealing from or deriving inspiration. In order to recreate the vibe of the Beatles' early years, John Lennon had the band record the basic track of Your Blues elbow to elbow in a closet next to the main Abbey Road studio. The song was pretty much recorded live and it's very raw. The bass is blistering and it'll crack you upside the head. I'd love to hear Black Sabbath record all these songs you guys are doing today. My other tracks that I would include, I know I don't get a say, but I, I couldn't just pick five. It would drive me crazy. Your Blues, She Said, She Said, Andrew Bird Can Sing, Rain, Revolution, and I'd have to cheat and throw in Day Tripper and Paperback Writer. I wish Sabbath would record this album. So I return you to your show. Love the Decibel Geek. We love you guys. Thank you for uh, leaving the key under the back door. I break in from time to time and raid the refrigerator. So thank you very much and God bless and see you guys soon. Black cloud cross my mind Movies from my soul Feels so suicidal Even hate my rock and roll 
All right, we're in the home stretch here on the Decibel Geek Podcast today, taking a look at the heavier side of the Beatles. That was a pretty cool break. I like that. Yeah, thanks, Ken, for uh, submitting that to the show. We're happy to run that. And, uh, you know, if you haven't heard it, um, you know, Podkiss doesn't always just do Kiss stuff. Um, Ken also hosts a cheap trick show that's really great. Yeah. And um, he did a podcast special that was about just the 50th anniversary of the Beatles coming on the Sullivan Show. And if you haven't checked it out, it's really cool. It's got, like, a lot of archival, you know, you know, yeah. audio track. <laughs> nice. I was going to say footage, but it's not video. Right. But um, It's podcast footage. Right. And Ken's a huge Beatles fan. And yeah, I, Ken, I agree. Your blues definitely was in contention for both of ours. Yeah. And I think if we really had to, I think we could squeeze maybe one more heavier side of the Beatles Probably. out of this. That's maybe why I played a little bit of it. Just one more. Yeah. Not too much more than that. You right. know, the Beatles are kind of light most of the times, but they do have their heavier moments as we're showing here today. And of course, you know... <clears throat> Excuse me, as we always say, you know, for all the artists that we talk about and play music of and, you know, appear here on the Decibel Geek podcast, always support these artists, you know, and the Beatles, boy, geez, you know, these guys need some money, you know, so get yourselves to Amazon.com, you know, and if you're going to go pick up some Beatles stuff, of course, we're going to put the links in the show notes, you're going to be able to check out exactly where to go, but you go to DecibelGeek.com, you click on the Amazon link, that takes you right to Amazon, just like you would any other time, except when you make your Beatles orders today, you're going to kick a little bit of money back to the Decibel Geek podcast, and we're going to really appreciate that. It's going to help us continue to bring you this show for free. That's right. So while you're at DecibelGeek.com, go ahead and check out all those awesome articles written all the time by our kick-ass writing staff. We love these guys. You're going to love them, too. You're just going to check out their work and say, i got to come back here all the time and see all these new articles. But next time I come back, I'm definitely going to order a T-shirt, and that's the place to do it. Yeah, and there's also a uh, donation page there oh, if you yeah. want to leave us leave your uh, DJs a tip. Tip your DJs. And also um, iTunes reviews. We need them, guys. I mean, that helps us a lot. You guys have been great at, yeah. at submitting those, but we could always use more. It helps us write, go up the ratings in iTunes. I know a lot of people that listen to the show have been listening to it for a long time and all, already have done that. Yeah. But if you're new and just coming around lately and you want to leave us some good positive feedback on iTunes, like Chris says, it means a whole lot. So yeah, just take a minute and go ahead and do that. Absolutely. So uh, you're next, right? You go ahead. A couple right. more to go. Yeah, we got two more to go. This is going to be my last pick for the day, and I got to include this one. It was recorded in 1967 at Abbey Road Studios, and it was the final piece of music recorded for the Sgt. Pepper album. That's an album most people, a lot of, well, I don't know about most, but a lot of people say is the greatest rock album of all time. It, it very well may be. It's, it's crazy, for sure. There's ups and downs, fast and slow, heavy and light, a little bit of everything on that album. But this was about, you know, one of the, it's the Beatles at their purest, hard rocking, one track, live in the studio, all four of these guys sharing the vocals, and it's a sped up and rocked out version of the original song that appeared, you know, a little bit earlier in, in the album. All right. Uh, this is a perfect segue into the classic rock, you know, masterpiece of Day in the Life. I'm talking about the final goodbye on the end of Sgt. Pepper, and this is Sgt. Pepper's Reprise. You know, one thing we always talk about here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, and I think the one thing that ties all this music that we love so much together is the hard rocking guitars. And I think today we've proved a little bit that George Harrison, you know, deserves to be in the conversation when you're talking about all-time classic guitar players because even in that song right there and a lot of these songs that we've played here in this set, in this uh, session, yeah. all these songs are great guitar songs by sure. George Harrison. Well, you know, and he's he's a legend in his own right because, yeah. I mean, and, you know, Lennon and McCartney are like two behemoths to have to go up against in, right. in the same band. I mean, 
those guys get enough attention as it is. But uh, yeah, Harrison on his own is amazing. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he did a lot of great things. Like if you've never heard the uh, the All Things Must Pass album, I mean, that's that's an incredible solo album that he did. Right on. But um, yeah, so he's a, a very I and I'm not, I I shudder to say un. Underrated. underrated. Yeah, I it's don't hard. Know. It's hard to call any member of the Beatles yeah. underrated, but you know, I would say George Harrison definitely. When you, because when people say who's the greatest guitar players of all time, people say Hendrix, people say Page. Right. You know, some of us even say Ace Frehley. But do <laughs> do a lot of people say George Harrison? I don't uh, think so. But yeah, they he maybe should. Doesn't necessarily stand out on his own, but I'll I'd say pound for pound, I liked him every bit as much as Clapton as far as the, the you know the late '60s era goes. We've heard a lot a lot of great guitar solos here today, for sure. Um, so yeah, but. Before we go, um, just remember to follow us on Twitter at Decibel Geek Pod. Go to the Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash Decibel Geek. And Instagram, we are now on Instagram. Just go to instagram.com slash Decibel Geek and you'll check out the cool photos we put up. We put up one about the Sabbath first album the other day, and then uh, we've got a listener running it now, and he put up a, a, a cool little thing of uh, Ugly Kid Joe and you know did a nice reference to that Whitfield Crane interview we did. So nice. long ago, it's been a while. So, um, but yeah, so guys, I hope you I hope you Beatle fans enjoyed this. It may not be anything you haven't heard already, but I and hope I think, it was entertaining. And I hope if you're if you weren't a Beatles fan before, but you're a fan of the type of music we always enjoy here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, I hope we help turn you on to the heavier side of the Beatles. I would hope so. So, um, there's no better way to end the show than to play a song called "The End," right? I guess uh, not. This was written by McCartney. This is the only McCartney track that I picked. So I'm, I guess I'm a John Lennon person. See, I found all of that about myself too. I'm, I always thought I was a John Lennon guy, but here I've picked a whole lot of Paul McCartney. Isn't that odd? Weird. Yeah, I've got four out of five as Lennon songs, but this was uh, the original title was "Ending." Uh, this is from Abbey Road. Uh, the, the Abbey Road cover photo was taken the day that the drums and bass were tracked for this song. Cool. That's a very iconic photo. Yeah, it is. Um, all four Beatles have a solo in this song, and it was the last song recorded collectively by the band. Hmm. So, uh, Sad what, stuff. What better way to go out than that? And uh, hope you guys enjoyed this week. So this is the Beatles. It's been fun. With the end. Have See a good one. Week.